Welcome to Love of the Time of Corona, a podcast that explores love, dating, and staying sane during a pandemic. I'm Alexa. And I'm Devin. And welcome to this car crash. Hi, Devin. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Another week. Another week? It's a beautiful day out. But this is is my... Stuck inside talking to you. I know. How lucky you are to have me. It is... This is my last week of classes. We're, We're recording this on a Tuesday, but it will come out on Thursday, which is my official last day of teaching of my first year of teaching, which is, you know, I didn't think it would happen this way, but hey, we did it. Well, we're, we've almost done it. I could crash and burn before we finish up on Thursday. There's always a chance that I fuck it up. You have two days. I, I would be very shocked if you messed up in two days. I, could... I, think, you can, I think you can hold out okay. and you can crash on Friday. You'll just probably <laughs> melt into a puddle as I intend to do after my first year of teaching is done. Yes. <laughs> Just collapse. I'll do a lot of collapsing. But yeah, that's it's my weird week. I've been very emotional about it. Whether or not I succeed in not crying today during our interview, which we'll talk about more in a minute, um, my real success is that I didn't cry saying goodbye to my two senior classes, at least on the Zoom call. I immediately cried afterwards. That was going to happen regardless. Um, but I, I'm going to miss them. They're going off and maybe a little bit. I've taught them how to watch movies. And that's all I, can, all I can hope for. When you taught them how to watch movies, did you teach them also like when to make the move in the movie? Like, all right, kids, don't make a move too quickly <laughs> because then you look desperate. Like, there definitely is a timing to making. There is. I... How long do you wait, Devin, until you make a move in a I mean, film? The the true the honest thing for me in movies is that if I'm gonna watch a movie that I'm gonna make a move during, it has to be a movie I've seen before. Mm. Because if I'm watching a movie, I want to watch the fucking movie. Like that's that's who I am. But if I'm gonna do like if I'm there's a Netflix and chill situation or anything yeah. like that, it has to be something I have seen before. And then if I'm making the move, for me the move happens at like just near the end of the second act, right? So like you're ramping up a little with the action, blood's running a little hotter. You're a little like, okay, we're in this. Like you've let the the, the tension like sit for a little bit. You've let the tension sit, um, but you're not in the third act where it's like at that point you've missed your chance for the move because you're just now locked in on knowing how the movie ends. So you gotta like, you gotta do it at a point where you can set up and then, if it's like an immediate pause of the movie, go for it. That's one thing. But then if it's also like now you have a third act of cuddling to go with before you get out. Like it's not the like, oh, I'm here with my arm around you for five minutes and now the movie's over and we haven't established any like coziness. Yeah. What's the, the funniest or most interesting thing you've Netflix and chill to? <laughs> I have my answer. <laughs> you answer really first. I got to think about it for a second. Um, are you ready? Yeah. Star Trek. 
<laughs> what, which Star Trek, though? You got to give me uh, more than that. Voyager. Voyager. Wow. Yeah. I would have thought and Next I, Generation. Know, no, I am watching The Next Generation is I'm waiting for like the next round of quarantine to watch Next Gen mm. um, like in the winter, I'm assuming. But yeah, Star Trek, it was so funny because you would just hear these like, you know, lasers and the Borg in the background. It was actually really distracting. Yeah. I don't know if it's weirdest, but the one that I'm thinking about the most was there was a Netflix and chill to the X-Files, but like one of the really dark, fucked up episodes of the X-Files. Oh. <laughs> and this is like in a relationship, so it just kind of happened. But I think like an early Netflix and chill, my most recent ex-girlfriend has a movie that she really likes. That's a claymation movie. Like Wallace and Gromit? Kind of but not really. Um, it's actually really good. We watched part of it, but we, we tried to watch it a couple times and never got through it because we always got distracted. And it just claymation turn you on. It really doesn't. It was just, are you sure? I promise. Like I don't look at chicken run and go, Oh, that's hot. Like I'm not, I do. Chicken is a great movie. <laughs> it's a great movie, but it doesn't really, it's not going to do it for me. So sure. anyway, that's probably my weirdest Netflix chill. I really, I watch movies more than the chill part because I am who I am and yeah. I have to accept that about myself. I don't even remember. How did we get onto that? Oh, um, class. You asked me about class. class. So no, so I, didn't, you didn't. I didn't teach them that. Um, that would, I think, be an enrichment course that I couldn't probably get credit approval for, but that is very important and could be I get to email you when they go to college. Oh, dear Mr. Uh, I want to watch this movie with this girl and I don't know how to... And you're like, well, the best thing to make the movie is during the second act because you've built up and you're going to like send them an analysis like what yeah. you just gave up. Like remember when we spoke in class about the three-act structure? Well, it's important that you remember this. <laughs> For your personal life. It will help in your dating life. So funny. I hope no, none of my students asks me for dating advice in college. I need, I need some time. I can't do that. If any of you are listening, don't. Just don't do it. You can, you can ask me about anything else. Just don't ask for dating advice in college. I'm not the person to ask. You'll end up Poor in a Kato's series. Poor probably of... won't be going to college, so it's okay. Ooh. So we, we are in the odd situation here where we don't have a nipple update. Yeah. That's our update is that we don't have a nipple update. Which is sad, but was inevitable that we would hit one of these weeks. Yeah, I, there just hasn't been any content in my life that has um, been relevant to the nipple. Which is yeah. that you did send me a very funny thing. So I think this is more becoming like a Cuomo update. Cuomo update. keep <laughs> talking about Cuomo, um, which I know is probably getting old for our 40 listeners, but I don't care. Um, Devin did send me... Uh, a face mask because we are entering into the world of face masks. It's mm -hmm. gonna, it's like underwear for the face. We just need yes. to have a lot of masks. And there was one with um, Zaddy Cuomo's face all over it. And I have to say, it was extremely tempting. I thought all for a long time about buying us matching Cuomo masks, which I still might do because the content would. would be incredible. I would, 
do you know that um have you ever heard of this uh like underwear brand called me undies and oh yes keep getting instagram ads and it's all so the annoying. time it's like buy couple underwear i'm like who for me and my family but i was hoping i went on the website yesterday and i had hoped that you could customize a pair of underwear because i thought it'd be funny to get you <laughs> and me come on to her um <laughs> but i can't so i am on a quest though that's great if you do that what i want is cuomo's face on the crotch and property of andrew cuomo across the ass do you wear um boxer because there's so many different types of man underwear yeah. i find it all extremely confusing do you wear boxers do you wear tidy whiteies do you wear boxer briefs like there are so many different types yeah. though i when i'm running i wear boxer briefs and the normal day-to-day -day, i wear boxers because yeah. generally i am a boxers sweaty like loose fitting yeah so. yeah how do they fit under jeans they fit fine i'm wearing them right now i have jeans and you ask me what I'm wearing, Alexa. <laughs> what are you wearing? I don't um, know what I'm wearing. Yeah, I haven't thought about it a lot. Um, no, they they slide on fine. I like them because just I I generally like clothing that isn't in in warmer months when it's hot out. I just sweat everywhere, so boxers are great. In case you were wondering. Thank you. Now I have sweaty balls stuck in my head right now. That's all I could think about. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I gave that to you. I think that's a positive, a net positive. Thank you. You know, these visuals that will definitely make me uh, ready for dinner. Um, so your silver lining is that you have almost pretty much finished your first year of teaching. Yes, I have almost that's survived. That's very exciting. I'm very Probably. excited. Thank you. What is your silver lining? What have you... Well, my silver lining, um, I gave my mother a pedicure today on the patio outside wow i know it was very nice she can't reach her toenails i have to clip them a daughter's love um what i've been really doing though my pet project i've been organizing my recipes and i finally did perfect my pizza dough recipe which is my real silver lining it has taken me over eight pizzas <laughs> i've been losing my mind but i freaking did it it needs to be a combination of all-purpose and double zero flour because the double zero gives it this like elasticity that all purpose just just doesn't. Um, but I've been organizing my recipes on the only thing I want to write on is are ye yellow legal pads. It's very hard for me to say. English has been increasingly harder after I've been speaking so much Greek for some reason. Yes. I just can't talk. But yellow legal pads are so satisfying to write on because they have nice big lines mm -hmm. and i can't write without lines i really have a hard time um so i've been doing that and because i'm an old woman my mother wants me to start like i don't know a blog or something of what i cook for quarantine i don't know i don't know how many pet projects i can really can handle at once <laughs> yeah um but it has been fun to just go through what I cooked today, whipped up for my sister a homemade vodka sauce casually for lunch. And she really has a sweet deal. She works, but she has all meals prepared for her. Mm -hmm. I know I have gig. to go cook dinner. Yeah, I know. 
I don't know who's going to cook dinner next year when I'm working too. Like, am I still going to be the one who's cooking dinner? Unclear. We're going to see what happens when we cross that path. Um, But I've actually had, now that I have my job for next year lined up, I have just had this like real like wave of chill Mm. wash over me. And I've been extremely lethargic and just enjoying the, enjoying the sun and not really doing anything, honestly, this week. As you should. I mean, you have a fucking job. Therefore, go forth and give no fucks. Truly. It's great. Well, on this pet project that we have together, we have a lovely guest coming on today. Um, my great friend, Teddy, who we teased last episode, would be coming on to talk about heartbreak. And so we will have a... I think cheery and sad conversation about heartbreak amongst the three of us. Heartbreak um, is a great topic. I think it is. I think it's relatable. It's super heavy, but also fun in the, cra- at least for me in the craziness that it then ensues because me in heartbroken state is probably the craziest version of me that exists. It's just completely unhinged. Have I seen you in heartbroken state? Um, I don't think so. No. No, you saw me in hermit state the first summer I was in New Jersey. And then second summer I was, well, your choice of how you designate. You, 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 were, you were touch and go. <laughs> touch and go. <laughs> how do you typically deal with heartbreak, though? Well, like I mean, in the old world, when you could go see your the, friends. In the old world. Do? Yeah. Um, I would just, I'm a person who I think that I've always been proud of myself, but I don't think I fully disappear into relationships normally. Like, obviously you have that kind of thing, but so I've would always con- continue friendships and the things landline. Sorry. during the land. Oh my, a landline. Who's calling? We keep getting spam from South Brunswick, New Jersey. Wow. Well, anyway, sure. so I would just go out with friends as I would normally do, but I would then become the flight risk in that group of friends. <laughs> Whether that was like, I was drinking more, I was dancing more, I was being a little crazy, um, was definitely something. But I also like, I immediately go into, I watch movies that need to make me cry because I need to just expel a lot of energy. So it's Ben and Jerry's specifically, chocolate therapy, sad movies. Actually. Often Cinema Paradiso, um, Dead Poet Society, or Last Samurai. Those three do it to me. And uh, we eat, we watch, we dance, we drink, and we mope, as my friend Anna can say, who has probably been front lines for the most of this. Uh, I mope a lot. You're a moper? I'm a moper. A lot yeah. of Leonard Cohen in the dark. Oh, yeah. I feel like Leonard Cohen is, probably the best person to listen to when you're heartbroken because his like the deep voice will Mm -hmm. just kind of soothe you and kill you yeah he's one of my favorite songwriters regardless but he's the go-to oh yeah so that's how i deal with it but that is not how we're dealing with it now because we are in a pandemic and so it's it's a little different and so in this interview teddy and i will talk about our recent brushes with heartbreak and how 
the pandemic is changing that and how we are coping with that. And I'm really excited to have her on. So without further ado, here we go. Hi, Teddy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We have, we, have no, we have no seamless transition because what was happening off mic is that Teddy and Alexa are already ganging up on me. So this will be a fun, a fun hour for me, but maybe <laughs> enjoyable for everyone else. You know what, Devin? You had it coming. I did. It was inevitable. <laughs> um, so, Alexa, so you know because I made you and George explain how you know each other. Um, just to give you and the listeners some background on how Teddy and I know each other. Um, Teddy had the, I don't know, great luck, great displeasure, depends on how you frame it, of teaching with me my first summer at a summer program. Lovely program. I love it dearly. And we taught a English class together. Even though I'm not an English major. <laughs> the experience. Is, is he as annoying in an English classroom as I imagine he is? You know, the kids loved him. And that's, right. I feel like. That's all that matters, but yes. <laughs> I don't know what my like, worst ticks are, but they're they're there. I think it's your voice. You get this very calm, like I don't know, whenever you would read something, I would just kind of sit there and be like, Wow, this is this is great. All the kids are loving this. <laughs> Was he very theatrical? Some sometimes yes, sometimes no. Depended. This is this was admittedly the first time I was in a classroom for a long period of time beyond like tutoring and mentoring so I had not yet found my my drama queen self do you have a good teacher voice Devin I think have so you perfected it after a year of teaching I don't think perfected but I think I think I've gotten to a good place with it whether or not my students would agree is the question but, you know, I definitely think when you're in front of the classroom, like, it, it is a performance in a way. And mm -hmm. your voice and little things do change. Yeah. But I just imagine Devin being the Robin Williams in, uh, what's that movie? I just said it before. Dead Poet Society. No, I had planned. Do Dead not Poet blaspheme Society. this podcast and forget the name of Dead Poet Society. I will not stand for that, Alexa. You know, I woke up at 9.30 today. It's very early for me. So pardon me. <laughs> understand my body now needs like 11 hours of sleep if i want to wake up pleasant I nine just hours just is not enough yeah i just can't go to sleep like before two it's like a real issue and i i hate it as as much as i'm sure we could wax poetic about our problems with sleep cycles we are here and i have brought teddy on for the lovely topic of discussing how we have both dealt with heartbreak and breakup in quarantine. I figured episode five was the best time for me to cry on air. Yeah, are you if, already crying? No, I'm, I'm, in a, I don't, I'm not crying yet. I'm really but, happy we're doing this on Zoom so I can actually see that and cry because I, I have this like horrible thing about, I have a few horrible things about me, but I have this like, <laughs> <laughs> one of my real, uh, pleasures is watching men cry I don't know why maybe like my friends not so much but if I see a man crying in public I just love it I understand that like because <laughs> I cry in public I've seen a lot of women cry in public but it's rare to see a man cry in public and I remember I was in Central Park and there's this man like just silently weeping on a bench 
And I didn't, you know, I just kept walking, but it kind of like made me all warm and fuzzy inside. Mm -hmm. I was happy that he, you know, could feel like he could cry in public. Because it's definitely a thing, but I don't want Devin to talk about masculinity for like hours and hours, so. Um, (laughs) I'll contain myself. I was just going to say, I I wasn't sure if that was going into you were feeling warm and fuzzy or like you got off of New Jersey Transit and immediately masturbated to the idea of this man crying (laughs) on the bench. Like, I didn't know where we were going with that. I don't think anyone could masturbate after being on New Jersey Transit. I think New Jersey Transit takes all the sexual energy from from one's body and leaves it on the train. Like it, it, it's just that was gross. Honestly, you can continue now, Devin. Whenever you're in New Jersey, I gotta say, like I'm from New York, so yes. At least we're not from New England. True. All right. <laughs> I really thought this was going well. I thought I was going to just have a partner and beating up on New Jersey. And I should have known better. We were going to pivot any second. <laughs> New England is great. It's beautiful. It's a great place to be right now. It's I have cold beaches. and you all have stupid accents. New Jersey can't come at me about stupid accents. Oh, come on. New Jersey. Water? New York accent, Water? first of all, is what? very similar. What the fuck is that? That's South Jersey and they may as well be Pennsylvania. Andrew says it all the time. Andrew obviously has issues if he says water because that's a South Jersey thing and he is a North Jersey boy. So that's awesome about that. Okay, Whatever. let's go back to our topic <laughs> because this could like truly digress into just real hatred. So Teddy, I don't know about what happened. So can you give us a little spark noted version of your heartbreak, please? <laughs> of course. So we started dating when I was a sophomore in college and he was a senior. Um, and that was a whole thing on, on itself. But so we dated for three years. Uh, two of them were long distance. And then I moved to the same city as him after I graduated, only to have him break up with me within like two months of me moving. So, and fun fact, it was the same day I quit my job, which was terrible. <laughs> Holy shit. I wish everyone could see Alexa's face right now. Because we're zooming and I know that everyone can't see it, but it was utter horror. It's awful. This guy's from New Jersey. (laughs) He is actually from New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) No way! Where? Um, Like like near Morristown. Okay. Like like north. Oh my God, that's so funny. Oh my God, Teddy, that's a really tragic story. Yeah. And this happened like right before or right as coronavirus is happening. So it was actually back in November, but it was, there was a lot of, let's just say he didn't handle things the best, um, even though he was the one who broke up with me. Um, Let's just say there were a lot of drunken mistakes on his part that made it go until like middle of January where things were just like back and forth. And then finally I was like, we're not talking anymore. And then March, literally the weekend before quarantine, he had another drunken moment. And that was just like, oh, that really was a great way to start quarantine. Just lit the fuse. This was great. Great before. <laughs> so are you still in that city? Are you back home? I'm back home right now. Teddy and I hadn't gotten to see each other in person for a while just because of schedules and time and whatever and I went 
down to Boston. It was around Thanksgiving, right? That was when, was that when I came down? I feel like it was like December. Was it Christmas? It was probably like Christmas. January? It was one of the breaks. No, it was January. It was January. Like, yes. Something. Yes, okay, it was January. Wow, I have no recollection of time. I got cut up to speed on this mostly on Boston Public Transit because we were we met in the city and then went out just to um, where Teddy lives and it was a great catch up but I was also like I'm so sorry and it was just like also a surreal experience to have such an intense conversation on a subway which I'm sure people who live in the city are used to I was I'm not I definitely was the most aware I've been of the people around me and then like yes. listening <laughs> I felt very judged and also pitied at the same time <laughs> Yeah, when New Yorkers start to listen, if, you know, they take off their headphones to listen to a juicy conversation, you know that it's, it's meaningful in some way. So true. <laughs> yes. So that, that's your heartbreak story, or the beginning, the spark notes. And I know Alex already knows the spark notes on mine, and well, you both know. So this is mostly just for our listeners. I was broken up with just before, well, it was in... February. So it was a week after Valentine's Day, two weeks after my dad had emergency surgery, and the week before finals started, which isn't quite getting dumped the same day you quit your job. Like, I can't compete with that. I'm not going to try and compete with that. It was a run there. And then the run led directly through finals into COVID, which there's nothing better than being stuck in your home when you've suddenly been trying to deal with all of these outsized emotions and then they're like, hey, we're gonna shut you inside for God knows how long. Especially when your main coping mechanism is distraction like yes. that. <laughs> it just killed me. Yeah, and I feel like when you go through something that's very emotional, heartbreak or losing, a, like quitting your job or losing your job, you want, you want these distractions and you wanna go out with your friends and go out for a drink and do like, normal life stuff. So how have you been dealing with uh, like processing all of this at your parents' house? Like, are your parents there to talk to you? Are you just chilling out in your room all day? What do you do to distract yourself? Well, I'm the type of person who likes to bottle their emotions and doesn't <laughs> like to talk about them. And so my parents will try to talk to me about it and I'll just be like, no, like, and run away to my room. So I kind of spend a lot of the time in my room and try to avoid as much socializing as possible when I just don't want to talk about things. <laughs> it's definitely been hard. I've been reading a lot, like more than I've read in probably the past at least two years and exercising a lot and just like going on long walks, but they're not very, and it, it's not enough. <laughs> There's so many hours in the day. Oh my God. Every day is Groundhog Day. It's really... It's really like shocking how long the day is when you have nothing to do. Because mm -hmm. are you working right now, Teddy? I'm not. So it's, neither am I. So I understand. A lot. <laughs> I guess that is one bonus I've had is that because with virtual teaching, just having students around, it's like there's at least a group of people I need to put on a face for for a little while, and I can, I can be like, okay, I'm gonna, especially early on, like the first couple weeks. Of classes in March when I was still just a, a full-on wreck. And it was just like, okay, I'm gonna wake up, 
I'm not going to shower, but I'm going to be here. <laughs> I'm going to be smiling and we're going to talk about things. And for two hours today, I will be a fully functioning human. Um, and then for the rest of it, I will binge watch Star Wars Clone Wars and listen to every podcast The Ringer has so I don't have to listen to the sound of my own voice ricocheting around in my head. Being left alone with your thoughts is very dangerous. It's oh my so much It's like, a, it's, yeah, it's a never-ending monologue of, I love to live in a conditional, so I love to make scenarios in my head of like, what could have been if this had been different. And I have written, you know, encyclopedias of alternate versions of my life, of how different, <laughs> how things would have turned out differently. Distraction. The distraction thing, I think, is so real because I, I don't, I didn't even reflect on how much I relied on stimulation to avoid just like a black hole spiral. Like as somebody who, and we've talked about this, Teddy, with such high anxiety, you take that, you have all the self-doubt that comes with being broken up with and just like the end of a norm, which like for me was only a year and a half, which is a chunk of time, but is not as long as three years, obviously. So you have a norm that then gets blown up and then we get thrown into the most destabilizing <laughs> event of my lifetime. And, and then it's like, oh, it's just me. And like, of course, I'm living alone in this apartment in some ways, I think it's, it was like early on, it was great and awful. I was like, wow, I don't have to worry about people checking in with me every day whenever I'm just trying to eat breakfast. <laughs> like, I love my parents. I love my brother. We're like, I don't need over my bowl of yogurt. How are you doing? You're like, I just, just let me eat. But then it's also like silence. So I end up just, I mean, I, I think I watched most of Star Wars The Clone Wars over breakfast in the past couple months. Like, that was just what I did. And I don't know about you. I feel like the fir- like it's been, it's gotten better, but the first few weeks, it was just those thoughts were the all-consuming thoughts. For me, it was like until maybe three days ago when yeah. things kind of, I finally was like, I need to like face this head on. Like I need to get all this anxiety out. And I did it pretty successfully. I feel the least anxious I have in a while, but. Still, those first two months, I was just, my brain would never shut off and I just couldn't sleep and it was terrible. And just so many scenarios in my head and like going back and forth and like, oh, what does the future look like? I like to plan, like I'm not an obsessive planner, but I like to have some sense of like what's to come. And that's really been hard, like having no freaking clue, like what's coming next. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, you know, I'll find someone else who I can care about and who cares about. I mean, we've been talking to people about virtual dating and all this stuff, but just the concept of now there's no opening line of like, this is when it can be normal again, or even like close to normal. I tried to do the whole virtual dating thing and I just got so frustrated. I was like, I can't, like, this is too much. This, I just, there's no... No, like, ending. I can't do this. I deleted Hinge. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Not Were you just quarantine's over. I'm done. <laughs> Were you just browsing through, or did you actually start talking to people on it? Um, I was talking to some people. I had two FaceTime dates. One was with someone I actually met before quarantine, so it, like, wasn't weird. And the other one was, like, it was not great. 
So what made it bad? Were you not into it with um, your weirdo? Like, uh, he just talked a lot and a lot about himself. And I was just kind of sitting there like trying to get a few words in. And it was just like, no. <laughs> How long did it last for? Longer than it should have, honestly. I am really <laughs> bad at being like, oh, I gotta go. Like, I'm gonna go now. I'm not good at that. Like, I don't like conflict. So yeah. I was like, I guess I just should sit through this. And also, it was, you know, human interaction. So I was like, you know, why not? Like, I'm just gonna sit here. I have nothing else to do. So, like, it's a way to kill time. Well, I, I had no idea you went on these virtual dates. Devin did not brief me on this. And that is... Good news. I also went on one. I talked about it on what episode was it, Devin? Was it last, last week? It was last yep. week. Um, it's just so weird to talk to a stranger and then not have any of that in-person kind of, I don't know. I feel like when you meet someone in person, you get, you get their vibes. But on video, ooh, someone calling your landline? Yeah. I love wow. it. I was like, you get vibes from someone and it's easy to see um, if there's a real connection. I did read an article a few days ago that talked about in the times it was like, Oh, you know, I'm single and I'm in quarantine. And the thing I like the most about dating is having the first kiss with someone. Cause you really can tell after kissing someone. And I think that's true for the first time. If there's a connection there, she's like, what are we going to do? Kiss through masks. <laughs> Like, when is it going to be? <laughs> when can we actually go out with people? But yeah. I also think that I'm, when we can go out, I'm going to want to see my friends first and not random guys. Yeah. Which is why I can't rationalize online dating. <laughs> I also love having an excuse to not date. So <laughs> it could be me. <laughs> I, I think there's some. I don't know about you, Teddy, with this, but I think on that idea, too, of how much familiarity gets built up with someone when you're in a relationship for any long-term period of time, to go from such familiarity to, like, the trying to find a new connection with someone new is hard enough, and then you put it on a screen, and it's just extra layers removed yeah. from any semblance of comfort <laughs> that you've gotten yeah. used to. As I talked about in the last episode, my virtual speed dating just was a crash and burn and that I only talked to one person for 90 seconds. So I can't really talk about it that way. But just thinking about meeting someone entirely new on a screen, I just don't, I don't think I would be able to get past the, oh, I'm used to this other thing. It's also like not only over FaceTime, but like texting and like mm -hmm. Snapchat, like it's just still, and I, I already hate texting, so it's just, it's not a good combination. And I mean, there are people who I've like met and like been seeing before quarantine and it got to the point where it just kind of was like fizzled out because I think both of us are like, well, this is pointless and it's just going like, what more can we talk about right now? <laughs> like, and that was also a good distraction was like going on random dates with people <laughs> and like feeling like that feeling wanted is uh -huh. such a nice feeling like going from being so wanted to just nothing yes and like attention is it was it's a hard adjustment yeah I don't know about you but the number of then like self-worth questions 
that like things I'm like, oh, I, I did this in therapy. I dealt with this. Great. We moved on. And then the second you get broken up with, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. nobody loves me. Yeah. <laughs> this is, which is irrational. And you know that. Yeah. It's but, also, I know for me, like a big part of like the beginning of our relationship was me learning to knock my walls down. Like I said, I hate showing emotion and I like just bottling it up. And so to like having, you know, knock those walls down and then having part of the reason that you get broken up with is because you've shown too much is like mm-hmm. absolutely devastating. And it's like, all right, well, I am never showing emotion ever again. And I will never talk to anyone about it. Those are some mind games. Such mind games. And like, he was the one who was like, you have to like, tell me when you're feeling anxious. And like, when you're having issues. And so I did. And apparently I was having too many because he was like, I can't do it anymore. And I was like, well, great. Thanks. I feel great. (laughs) Alexa, you might be on the right path with the uh, finding ways to not date. (laughs) (laughs) This is my only path, Devin. I have not really like strayed from this path of not dating. I, I go in like, I date in like bursts. So I'll be in a mood to date for like a few months. Yeah. So I'll date and then it won't work out. And then I crawl back under my rock (laughs) and then a few months go by and I'm like, I'll try again. And then, but it's never like a continuous stream. Like I get very discouraged by something Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, yeah, I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm just going to have fun with my friends. That's a healthy way to go about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot healthier. Than Can't relate. Not relate. <laughs> I catch feels way too easy. Like it's so terrible. Easily. So easily. Oh my god. Devin falls in love with everything that he sees. That's not true. Yes. It- I I will own that I am a very emotional person in terms of how I. <laughs> react to things I don't think I I think falling in love with everything I see is a little broad you know I live in hyperbole Devin I know but I'm just trying to defend my honor whatever (laughs) there is left of it so Devin Star Wars Clone Wars has helped you get over your breakup what else has helped you get over your breakup (laughs) you too Teddy I don't know if I would say Star Wars Clone Wars has helped me get over the breakup but it's just like it was such a just for fun thing to watch. Mm-hmm. I've done like in, especially in college. And then like part of this, like I need to conform to my vision of myself is like, I can't, I just need to watch like art house movies and watch all the really heavy stuff that like gives me cred as a film major and a film instructor. Um, and so like things that I hadn't watched cause I was like, I don't want to give the time to this thing that isn't as prestigious. And I was like, fuck it. I just want Star Wars and I'm still mad about Rise of Skywalker. So I watched Clone Wars and it was lovely. I enjoyed it. So then I was done with that. But I watched Succession because per me, oh, finding yeah, joy in TV shows. Um, just finished Watchmen. I've done a lot of running. I was always a runner, but starting to teach at a boarding school takes all the energy away from you. So I hadn't been running a lot. And then I was like, wow, I need to get outside. I need to move so I'm not in terrible pain. And also running is enough of a stress relief for me that that's been useful. Yeah. And then just, you know, 
if we're being really real, just a lot of sad masturbation is just what happens. Oh, in... come on. <laughs> you um, asked, Alexa. I don't want to know anything oh, of that realm of your life, Evan. <laughs> Ew. I have to eat dinner soon. <laughs> I have to cook dinner soon. I've lost my appetite for the next three days. Sorry. You brought up that word twice. Devin. Yeah. We've been talking for like 30 minutes. I think we're done. <laughs> I think that's it. I think I'm finished. It was really nice to meet you, Teddy, Devin. This has been a good run. It's been yeah. a good podcast. This is it. Yeah, I think Sorry. our friendship might be over. <laughs> I feel supported. I hate yeah. that word. I do too. I really hate it. First of all, it's unnecessarily long. It and is. Second of all, it's not as bad as the word squirt, which I... <laughs> Oh no! I mean, moist doesn't bother me, but squirt, it it is exactly what it sounds like. It is just disgusting. No. <sighs> anyway, that's what yeah. I've been doing. <laughs> well, thank you for that really upsetting visual um, that I will contemplate for the rest of my life. <laughs> I, I mean, definitely like not been, you know, can relate on some of that, but not a lot of it. <laughs> Not, yeah, <laughs> definitely a lot of Netflix. I have watched so many shows. Um, like, and oh, so Avatar came out, and yes. I have been watching nonstop, and I forgot how happy it makes me. It's the, Wait, best. the last airbender, yes, yeah, it's a great fucking show. It's so, I've forgotten how much I loved it. Devin, we watched that together when you visited me we in did. Glasgow. We're really, I was super hungover. I mean, like. <laughs> And we watched that for hours. Oh, it's such a good show. Devin, what bender do you think I would be? And then Teddy, tell me what bender you think Devin would be. I think he would be an Earthbender. Just because. Good. I was just going to say, just because it. Rough. No, I was going to say that you like to be in control. And if you're controlling (laughs) the very ground that people walk on, that would, I think, settle well with you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I feel like Devin would be an airbender because i don't know it just feels right because i'm just very full nice. of hot air and you're just very like like calm but not and i don't know it's just i actually think devin would be a firebender because devin is i don't think gonna i think good. you'd be a firebender um because you definitely wouldn't be a waterbender no no way i think water is too um like not melodic but i actually think when devin would attack he would need to attack with more force and for some reason my head and i know water (laughs) can be really forceful but i actually think i don't know if it's because devin kind of has devilish eyes but i could see his eyes like turning red and being a firebender yeah i i I don't know yeah i i can see that i just know it's not earth or water like no 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 (laughs) of that that i do agree with Mm-hmm. And I think you would be a waterbender, Teddy. I don't. I've just oh, yeah. met you, but you definitely strike <laughs> me as a waterbender type of gal. I'm very honored and so happy you said that because I've always wanted to be a waterbender. <laughs> like my goal in life. <laughs> very achievable. Oh, have you heard at all from this guy since you've been in quarantine? So, <laughs> um, so when. Actually, like when I was driving 
home, like to New York from um, Boston. I sent him a text and I was like, hey, like things are shitty right now, but I just want you, like mainly I just want you to know that I hope your family's okay, like, and that your family stays okay, but you too, I guess, like, it's fine. And we talked a little bit, um, and then there was also some stuff going on from my college that we were both, like, very involved in, so we talked a little bit about that. But it was all very, like, you know, not professional, but, like, not friendly. And then because I couldn't stop thinking about that what had happened with like the text and stuff because that was what my mind like really focused on and was just would not leave me alone I actually texted him and was like hey can we talk like I need to talk to you and so a couple days ago we actually talked and had this whole long like conversation and kind of put like it was very candid and we kind of just put everything out there and finally I feel like we're getting like we hit a reset button and all of the shit I obviously will not forget about it but it's kind of like more forgiven almost and like I feel like there's a place to move on from now so that was a conversation we had and just kind of getting a better understanding of where the two of us were at was just very needed for my mental health. (laughs) I feel like the normal circumstances of how you deal with a break up and how you want to go forward with a person in your life mm-hmm. I feel like the rules around a pandemic just throw the already unknown circumstances into a full different relief in terms of like you're saying right you're worried not just about how does this dynamic work but how are you are you safe are you healthy and that's those worries and feelings don't just disappear when the breakup happens, which you know, and you talk about normal circumstances, but when there's a pandemic and all of a sudden those worries are so much more real than they would be. And I feel like that amplifies certain things and pushes a timeline along. And I know for, for me with that, right after the breakup, didn't talk for about a month because I was like, I need space to be an emotional wreck. Um, I, on fun fact, the night that, she broke up with me. I was supposed to chaperone a trip to a trampoline park for the freshmen. And um, that was that was not going to be a good idea because I didn't want to be the guy who was like in the corner at laser tag, just crying, holding a gun like that. That really wasn't the look that I wanted the freshmen to know me as. So I had to call the guy who was running the trip and be like hey I can't do this but of course I broke down into ugly crying on the phone with him as I'm trying to explain like I can't do and he was lovely he was wonderful about it I just like was crying thankfully I work at a boarding school where colleague lines in terms of colleague friend family has just all blurred in the time after that when it became really obvious that you know it wasn't this wasn't going to be something that would just blow over and <laughs> we would just go back to normal soon. Um, I sent her a text and was like, I hope you're okay. I know Middlebury is closing. I hope you're all right. I hope your family's all right. And that kind of same, like, I'm worried about you. Um, and that led to us sending letters to each other, which was, I think, a nice way to like get a lot out there without that awkwardness of texting. And I was also like, I don't think I'm ready to hear your voice yet. 
but there's a lot to say. And since then, we had, we've had a number of video chats and we'll text, not, you know, not even nearly close to as much as we used to, but it's a nice, like, it's starting to feel a little more normal, just like, oh, there's this joke that reminded me of you kind of thing. And it doesn't feel as loaded where I'm like sitting there for 10 minutes, like, should I send this? Should I not send this? How will this be perceived? How, will this, how am I going to feel like this? It just, it's, there are still stutter steps with it, but. And you're trying to transition into like just being friends. Yes. Attempting. Attempting. And have you been able to have, has this been a successful thing you've done in the past? Yeah. Um, for. I, they usually start off as friends anyway, right? So then it's just going back. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, now, true. I think there have been a few instances in the past where it's, it's worked out really well. Sometimes where we started and then kind of a friendship dies off when you realize that maybe there isn't as much there mm-hmm. to work with. Um, I'm hopeful that this is a friendship that can continue on. I also don't know what kind of tr- trying to transition into a friendship in the middle of a pandemic looks like. Like, I don't know what that next step is like. Like, how do we, how do we normalize this when you can't normalize it? Like, I feel like that the big step is like, you're getting lunch together or something where it can just be like, mm-hmm. you're hanging out and it's fine. And then now it's like, well, that might happen in what, like a year, <laughs> year and a half? 2027, yeah. Is this the first breakup I've really gone through? Like. I was super anti-relationship in high school because my oldest, my older brother, he had a girlfriend like all through high school. And then I saw their terrible like blow up breakup before college. And I was like, love in high school doesn't exist. This isn't worth my time. Um, And then I obviously started, had a very serious relationship very soon into college. And so I've never had Mm. the whole like, a heartbreak and then b how to get over the heartbreak and c how do you figure out how to like what your relationship with that person is going to be so like um it's 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 a hard balance of like i still want him in my life but is that good for me because like are my feelings and it like they already are still there and they're kind of you know they come they up they go in waves and so it's like okay so is being friends the best thing like as much as I want him in my life like is that the healthiest thing for me and is it possible without things to get complicated and so yeah that's oh been taking up a lot of my headspace yeah. <laughs> like where do you start yeah um, you know I don't I don't know <laughs> very unknown in a related what advice way. do you have, Devin? Well, I was going to say, I, what I've been thinking a lot about is that my longest relationship prior to this was coming out of high school into college. And I did a horrific job at the end of that relationship um, of just handling. I did not handle it very maturely. And then there was like a long period of dipping in and out again. And I let my kind of emotional wreckage drag her along and drag down and um, I think about how awful I feel about that a lot but also knowing that like she's not someone who I think I don't think we would be able to function as friends anymore I think enough time has passed that it just isn't there and um, I regret a lot the way that I handled 
so much of the end of that relationship and the subsequent time. And I know somebody was, it was my first significant relationship. I was kind of at high school. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> which isn't, I don't say as a, I'm excusing how immature I was in a lot of it, but just trying to look back on, okay, have I learned from this? <laughs> Can I move from it? I think it's different in the sense that at that I ended that relationship, this relationship, I didn't end. Um, so there's a different dynamic there, but I think about when I think about how my now ex-girlfriend has been handling it, I think she has handled it in an incredibly mature way. And I'm like, wow, I wish that I could have been this kind of mature person back then. And just thinking about in the subsequent relationships between that, because that relationship, the older one ended um, my sophomore year of college. So there's been a fair amount of time in between it and a few relationships between now and then, because as we know, I'm always jumping around into relationships one way or the other. Um, Accidentally. But yeah, but you were like still a teenager pretty much at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I think that young, younger people who you might date in high school, they're kind of like your trial and you know, everyone's an idiot when they're 17, 18 and early into college. Like you just, you don't know. So yeah. Take that pressure off of yourself, Devin. I am <laughs> under the impression of a clean break is good because I think that it's so easy to play the game of emotional ping pong, as I like to call it, where you mm-hmm. like say something and then you're waiting and then like they might hit the ball back to your court yes. or they don't. You're like, what the fuck? And I have got into a few emotional ping pong matches and it's just like, it's exhausting to mm-hmm. constantly be thinking about they read my message and haven't responded for X amount of time or it's just like, give yourself a clean break. Just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to watch avatar. And maybe in the future you might say, you know what? It's been enough time where it's safe. We can go get coffee and it be normal. But I also think this is a good time for you to just, you really have space and you can just carve out that like emotional space to heal from it and just not talk to him for a while and just trust that everything's okay. Yeah, definitely. I came, I feel like it took me a really long time to come to that conclusion. I had this like really deep conversation with one of my best friends and she was like, you know, you should really try to focus your anxiety onto something that's like self-improving, like something where you can actually like focus on yourself and not about things that are out of your control. And maybe that'll help you, you know, go somewhere that's even better than like you ever thought it would be. But I also do think that that's a really good point to bring up what Devin said about being the one who's broken up with versus mm, the one yeah. who's breaking up because I definitely found myself very hesitant to be the one to reach out because I don't want to be the like clingy can't get over like seem like the clingy can't Mm -hmm. get over you like you know it's such a bad dynamic and like such a power dynamic and yeah it's so hard to figure out like what the right amount of that is and if like any amount is even the way to go about it and so I think that is a really big difference between like you know, the two, the two break, the breaker yeah. up and the, the breaky. I don't know. <laughs> English. That idea of the power dynamic is so real. I feel like it, once I got over the just like plane wreck of an emotion stage, when it was then like, okay, 
slightly more balanced, but still painful. That idea of like, I don't want to feel like I'm betraying myself by being like, I'm still going to give something to this person. And then it's like, okay, but no, but I want to be mature. Like this is someone I care about. So of course I'm going to want to give something, but then like, is it too much? Is it not enough? Am I still, I'm the kind of person who hates, well, not hates. I take that back. I'm the kind of person who, as much as I struggle to sometimes share out about my emotional struggles, I feel like I have a lot of very emotional based conversations with people. And that's just, I am very, I love doing that. I love talking about that, sorting through issues, even though if I'm kind of holding on to that darker part that I'm really struggling with, um, it's the idea of like, how do, how do you, if that's such a part of friendships for me, how do I transition back into that when it's like wanting to open up to someone and is it like a real friendship or is it just like this? There are so many, then you just run down the line and then, you know, I'm like, oh, I forgot to take my Lexapro. I gotta, I gotta kick it back on. So relatable. Um, And the emotional ping pong is really like, it's so real and kind of having that weird of like, all right, whose turn is it to initiate type of thing? mm -hmm. Okay. So you're the one who fucked up. Are you the one who starts and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or am I the one who's like, hey, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit or even just like trying to reach out and being like, hey, how are you? Like who, you know, yeah. How do you go about like figuring out, like if you're the one who's constantly reaching out, like, like how does that make you feel? And is that the best way to go about things? Like clearly maybe the other person doesn't want to talk to you. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing is more ambiguous than the, Hey, how are you text? It's like, yeah, I don't really know how I am. Honestly, you know what? I, I was talking to my friend in England. Uh, Devin knows her. She's wonderful. And she was engaged in a game uh, of emotional ping pong with this kiwi. Um, not a fruit, someone from New Zealand. Just to clarify, she does not have relationships with fruit. Um, and I said to her, you know what? Because I have, you know, I've also been engaged in emotional ping pong with international men. And I said, when you have the urge to text him, like, hey, how are you? Or like, what's up? Just text me. I'll give you a better response. So I think, (laughs) or call me. Because sometimes like that urge is there and you're like, because it's crossed my mind too while I've been in quarantine. And of course it's different, but you know, I would think maybe it's better to text one of your girlfriends like, hey, how are you? And see what they respond. Because really the last thing I think everyone needs is to like stress ourselves out more. I also feel like there have been so many memes about like, don't text your ex, like just yeah. you're <laughs> don't text your ex. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm always like, I feel personally attacked. Yeah. Like, but at least I'm not the only one who's like going through this. That always makes me feel like, damn it. Like, yeah. those people, God damn it. It's like, a big phenomenon. It's called the boom, what, like boomerang X. It's a lot of people are doing it. Well, because I think people realize that like single people will probably be single unless you're doing online dating will be single for a long time and there's no like prospects. So, and then living at home is living at home. I love hotel mommy, daddy. I can't complain. It's it fun. Perks, but again, there are times when I just don't like want to talk to anyone. I just want to, I don't want to ask like answer questions about 
I don't know. And then also the whole like going from being so independent to like having to live by someone else's rules mm-hmm. and like amount of times I felt like I was back in high school and just have been like, oh, like I have progressed from here. Like, no, it's yeah. not how I want to feel. Which yeah. really, really doesn't help the post breakup world if you feel like you're regressing sleeping in your childhood bedroom my walls are blue like baby blue and brown and i have never hated the color blue so much (laughs) in my life like it's just so excessive and so much i just i think there's gonna be a day when i snap and i just go buy like paint like white paint and just paint over some of it because i can't take it anymore you should do it that could be your new quarantine project (laughs) paint your room yeah, honestly. Even just one wall. Just one white wall. <laughs> just mix it up. <laughs> Something that's not, just doesn't scream like yeah. teenage girl. But just like, I don't know, the guy, with that, just the concept of that's something you can take control of. Mm-hmm. Which like that has been, that's been a huge for me in those like really dark moments of just trying to reach out and find something where it's like, I can, this is a small thing that I can actually handle. Mm-hmm. Like the, the number of times that I have dusted my apartment in the last month is so many more times than I dusted it the entire year. <laughs> because it's just like, oh, it's Tuesday and uh, I'll dust again. I got 20 minutes. Two very different types of people. <laughs> I feel like yeah. <laughs> my issue is like trying to find ways to control that aren't unhealthy, like mm-hmm. not falling down, exercising too much, or like being too like careful what I eat, or just like you know things that are slightly less unhealthy than like dusting every day. Like, I mean, that's a thing see- to do. That's not the worst thing in the world. It's good to have a clean apartment. Yeah. It's just my compulsivity coming out. It's the, yeah, it's a lot of that. No, but I get, I, I will say on that note, the, the whole eating and exercising part of it. And like, Alex and I talked about this on a different episode, but my longtime fat kid complex around the fact that I was Oy, a larger geez. child, which I won't dive back into. Don't look at me, Alexa. But just the the tendrils of that when the self-doubt and self-consciousness come in post-breakup. And then it's like, oh, I should, I could probably lose some weight. I could probably do this. I could do that. And then that spirals into, okay, well, should I, I should make a salad instead of doing this. And then you spend so much time thinking about how to, and meals turn into self-improvement, which is not how I want to think about food especially in a time like this where it's like cooking and food is a thing that i enjoy (laughs) and it should be something that is bringing joy into this space like i should be baking more (laughs) and it's just i don't know yeah i relate to the fat kid complex um (laughs) very very much so um it's just it's hard okay it gets tough i get it you just Never. I was a chubby kid too. I I mean I get it, but I think for me what I, like gets to me about it is like I didn't realize that I was chubby. Like I never mm. knew. And then I grew up and so many people were like, Wow, Teddy, like you look great. And I was like, Did I not look great before? And that 
whole thing opened up this whole like trust issue of like okay when people say i look good do they actually oh god is this are you being serious and well people also equate like looking good with being skinny yeah so you only look good when in some person's eyes you're like an ideal weight which is really fucked up so it really but i think like when you're younger Mm -hmm. and people say oh you look older when they would say to my people still my comments about my sister my sister is very skinny she also has the appetite of like a dying bird (laughs) but like people in my family will say very like passive it's like not even passive aggressive to say like oh elena like you you it, when you turn to the side, like you disappear, and I'm like, "What am I, Shamu assholes?" Like, you know, they like make these comments at a barbecue a few days ago. I'm like, yeah. someone, my uncle who I hate. Can I say that? I don't think he'll listen to this. Said to me at a barbecue, which he shouldn't have been at, because he came from Manhattan. It was like a horrible thing, and I had a total panic attack. He's like, "Well, you have a real body." I, I was like, what does that mean? I have a real body. So I do think that people still, mm-hmm. people just make these like really stupid comments that, and when people make those comments, then in my head, I'm like, what did that mean? Like, yeah. I, wh- why would they say that? That's like a stupid thing to say. Not necessary. <laughs> and then I made pasta with vodka sauce for lunch today because I had tomato paste I needed to use and heavy cream. So yeah, do it. Yeah, I also, like, I know that for me, I, like, lost a lot of weight after I got, like, I, after the breakup without, like, meaning to, because I was just so, like, depressed that I just, like, wouldn't eat, and I weighed the, like, least I've weighed in my memory, and it freaked me out more than anything, and it's weird because you go from, like, having this dream, like, of you know I don't know not maybe not everyone but I feel like a lot of people have this dream of like if I lose this weight like I'm gonna feel great like things are gonna change but like just so not true I felt terrible and I just wanted nothing more than to gain the weight back and I just feel like I'm also a personal trainer so like I deal with that idea of like having to be skinny it's like if you're skinny you're healthy and if you're not, you're not healthy. And that's just so not true. And it's so frustrating. And sometimes you just want to like shake people and be like, no, like this is not everything. Like weight, how you look, like is not everything. So definitely I when people make comments, I'm just like, this is so unnecessary. Please stop. Especially yeah. when it's family. When it's family, I'm like, no. <laughs> Enough of that. <laughs> yeah. And now when we have nothing but time to obsess over the comments that people put out there, it yeah. just, it's just quite the combo. Yeah. But I, I guess through all this to, you know, bring us into a positive <laughs> and uplifting moment. Somehow we have both not completely fallen apart with the breakup. At moments. moment. Yeah, at moments. Get back together. (laughs) Yeah. No no, uh, permanent disassemblage. (laughs) We can can go with that. Um, I just think in terms of, right, you were able to have a really great conversation with him. Yeah. That is just, I mean, 
that's I think just such an incredible it's a very courageous thing to do a lot of times you don't end up getting that opportunity under the right circumstances for sure and like (laughs) actually feeling like a mature adult for one Mm -hmm. like the best feeling man it's wild (laughs) wild (laughs) being a mature adult what that's not a thing. I definitely refer to adults, like older adults, still as adults. Yes. And it's like, I am an adult. I need to stop doing that. Well, Alexa, do you have any, do you have any lingering questions about what it's like to uh, have your heart broken before quarantine? No, I, I think everything was answered. Thank you for sharing with yeah. me and with Devin and our 25. How many listeners do we have, Devin? Um, 40? 40 is the uh, approximation that Spotify is giving us. Our guesstimated 40 listeners. That's a good amount, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're very good. happy. If we, we, we'll have to come up with some crazy thing that will happen if we can get up to 100 listeners. I think we should both pierce our nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. I will, oh my God, if we hit 100 listeners, I'll pierce my nipple. Uh, yeah, I actually won't because I might need these in the future, but you won't, so... <laughs> A good point and so continues my life as a guinea pig for the pod oh yeah it's fine well i didn't cry i'm really surprised I'm honestly i'm shocked we both bawled when we watched about time oh my god about time <laughs> oh yeah oh <laughs> there was a lot of crying a lot of crying well we you know i didn't cry we were here and I, th- I actually found this really useful. I feel really good about this, Teddy. I don't know if it was helpful for you, but like actually putting all of this into the world. Yeah. I feel, I'm like nervous about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I feel like it's, it's good, you know? Yeah. There's no privacy anymore anyway. So like, why not yeah. just like put it out there before like in my own church? Our 40 listeners, I think we'll learn something from our conversation. And that's all we can ask for. That's all we can ask. That's all we want. Well, Teddy, thank you so much for coming on. Alexa, thank thank you for, you know, coming on the ride through Heartbreak Valley. Oh, my God. Are we out of Heartbreak Valley? No. I think think we're looking up, though. Yeah. I think we've peaked, though. All right, just on the downhill. In a good way or a bad way? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was trying to make, in my head, it was like a funny coronavirus joke because you're waiting for it it to peak Mm -hmm. and then. It's okay. If we if we are in Heartbreak Valley, we are coming up on the next hill that will take us out of the valley. How's that? Heartbreak. Or yeah, you think it is. I think it is. Yeah, there could be another valley, but for the moment, there's a little hope. And that's a wrap on this episode. I hope that you enjoyed listening to Teddy and I bear our hearts and our souls about heartbreak. Um, Alexa, did you have fun being along for the ride? I had a really great time. I'm happy to hear that. Next week, looking ahead, we will have another guest on, and this time it will be one of Alexa's friends. Yes. Uh, My friend Luke will join us, and he will talk to us about being in a long-distance, long-term relationship during a pandemic. He is one of my very good friends, and I'm sure he and Devin will gang up and make fun of me all episode. So tune in to hear me get roasted. Game on.
Stay safe, everyone. Bye.